0: Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com that's g e t p u r o a i r.com one more time for the people in the back getpuroair.com Well hello my friends and welcome back my name is Stephanie Safarian you're listening to episode 427 of Sustainable Minimalists This is a show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living and oh my goodness we made it. <laughs> if you're listening at or are very close to release date, Christmas is in our rear view mirror. And so on today's show, we're discussing how to make a New Year's resolution the SMART way. And specifically, we are following the SMART acronym for making, creating, and sticking to goals in the new year. Now, something you may not know about me I absolutely love New Year's resolutions. I find them to be a super powerful tool to help me grow as a person. They help me step out of my comfort zone, push my boundaries. And I love the fact that a new year is really, truly a new beginning. Now, I hate New Year's Eve. Hate New Year's Eve. I'm in bed by like 9.30. But I love a good New Year's resolution. And the key word there is a good resolution. There are some major problems with the way that we normally do resolutions, and the numbers prove it. If you find yourself in the camp of setting lofty goals on January 1st, but then you find yourself falling off the wagon just months or perhaps even weeks later, you're not alone. Failing at New Year's resolutions is so common that there is even a slew of unofficial dates commemorating the failures. Ditch New Year's Resolutions Day is January 17th. The second Friday in January is known as Quitter's Day. And so a Forbes survey found that the average resolution lasts just 3.74 months. That's a very specific number. Let's just round it up to four months. So if by the end of April you've forgotten about your resolution, that's an average response. This survey also find that only 19% of people keep some of their resolutions. Only 7% keep all of them. So whether you love resolutions or you hate them, Again, January, the start of a new year, it's a great time to focus on our growth mindset, isn't it? But let's do it the smart way. Let's work on our growth mindset. Let's work on becoming the best people we can be with intention, right? I've mentioned a few times in the past on the show that in my previous life, before hosting this podcast, I was a teacher. I taught high school English language arts, by the way, if you're curious. I lesson planned using the SMART Goals Framework. And again, SMART is an acronym. We're going to talk about it in a minute. But we're not reading Hamlet for fun, okay? We're not just, the goal is not finish Hamlet by March 31st. No, no, no. We're reading Hamlet so that students can meet And specifically, if we want to get really teacher, not just meet, but demonstrate competency on very specific learning benchmarks. So the goal, the SMART goal then would be for, and this is not just off the cuff, by the way, I did look this up, but the goal is for students through reading Hamlet to cite strong and thorough textual evidence to support analysis of what the text says explicitly, as well as inferences drawn implicitly. Done. Do you see the difference between that versus read Hamlet? So, if I was just to write on my lesson plan, read Hamlet, the chances that my, student w- my students would fail at a formal assessment that was testing whether they can cite contextual evidence, the chances that they would fail at that goal would be much higher. And so, let's bring this back to resolutions. It's the same thing. When our resolutions are too broad, Not timely and not measurable and not realistic or attainable, the chances that you and me are going to forget about our resolutions, give up, throw in the towel by February, maybe even earlier. And so let's go through the SMART acronym one by one. S, of course, stands for specific. You need to name a goal and just know that if the goal is too general, You got to make it more specific. So lose weight. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That's the number one New Year's resolution. Way too general. When a goal is specific, like really darn specific, it's so much easier to outline the actions and the steps you need to take to meet the goal. Next up, SM. M is for measurable. You've got to make the goal measurable. When a goal is measurable, you know when you've achieved it right? So lose weight or improve your fitness. That's another one. Think about if your goal is to improve your fitness, how are you going to measure progress towards that goal? If it's not measurable and you don't see progress, your motivation may wane. Next up is A. The A stands for attainable. This is really darn important. Your goal should not be too easy and it should not be too hard. You got to find that just right sweet spot. Remember Goldilocks? She was looking for the bed that was just right. I want your goal to be just right, not too easy, not too hard. If it's too easy, there's no motivation. There's no growth even, right? We're, we're trying to grow as people. If it's too easy, it's, there's no growth. But if it's too hard, you'll be discouraged. Aim for that just right goal. So lose 50 pounds in a year. That's not as attainable as lose 10, let's say. Next up in the acronym, it's realistic. Realistic is similar to attainable, but slightly different. Realistic means that if you have all your tools, all your supports in place, can you achieve your goal? That's realistic. And then finally, this is the one where New Year's resolutions really mess up, in my opinion. The T and SMART goal, the acronym, the T stands for timely. You need to attach a time frame to the goal to stay accountable. And if the time frame is too long, like a year, of course you're going to fall off the wagon, right? A year is way too long of a time to measure progress to a goal, unless, of course, you've split that big goal into 12 smaller size chunks, which we'll talk about in a minute. Some goals can be accomplished in a week. So if your New Year's resolution is one that you can accomplish in a week or a month, it shouldn't be your year-long resolution. It should be your January resolution. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. So now I want to just go through some examples of common, the most common New Year's resolutions, and I want to apply the SMART goal framework to them. Okay, so number one, we've already talked about it. It's a It's a goal I don't love, but 34% of respondents to the survey I mentioned earlier have this goal every year, and it is to lose weight. So if you've ever had the New Year's resolution to lose weight, I'm asking you, did you succeed? Did you succeed at that resolution? I would argue that a resolution of lose weight often fails because Well, first of all, it's way too broad. There's no specificity there at all. It could maybe be measurable, but only if you know your baseline. And then the timeline too. Timeline for all resolutions, if it's a year, is always, in my opinion, way too long. So a better resolution would be lose an average of one pound per month for a total of 10 pounds by December 31st through a combination of calorie counting and increased movement of 15,000 steps per day. <laughs> so see what I did there? I took the very non-specific, non-timely, non-measurable New Year's resolution, very popular New Year's resolution, and I applied the SMART goal framework to it. So now this is, first of all, a measurable goal, right? Because you put a number on it, you put a time limit on it, December 31st, but we also there, did you see what I did? I split this big year into 12 measurable chunks. So now it's more timely, right? If you have a smaller goal every month, it's way more likely that you're going to hit your big goal by December 31st, okay? 10 pounds in a year, losing 10 pounds in a year, I find that to be attainable. It's more attainable, let's say, than lose 50 pounds, and it's realistic if you get your tools in place. So We're going to talk about tools in a couple minutes, but just so we're on the same page, if your New Year's resolution is to lose weight, I suggest instead of lose weight, I suggest You apply the SMART goal framework, and I'll read it one more time. Lose an average of one pound per month for a total of 10 pounds by December 31st through calorie counting and increased movement of 15,000 steps per day. So that's one goal. I don't love the weight or like the body image one. So let's do something completely different. Perhaps your goal is to read more. This was my goal a couple years ago. Now, if you've been following along and you are a quick learner, you already know that read more is not a great New Year's resolution because it has none of the SMART acronyms characteristics, does it? It's too broad. It's not measurable as written. A better goal. Ready? Read two books per month and track the books read. Ensure there is ample reading material on hand by visiting the library on the first Saturday of each and every month. So we're not gonna talk about this one as much as the first one because the main points are the same, right? We've taken the goal, we've made it way more specific. We've made it much more measurable, two books a month. Either you do it or you don't. We're setting up the goal by having our tools in hand, going to the library at the first Saturday of every month. It's timely because we've split it up again into month-long chunks. And when it comes to attainable with this one, I don't know how busy your life is. I don't know how quiet your home is. Maybe two books a month is super attainable for you. For me, two books a month is a maybe. (laughs) It's really a maybe. So maybe two books is not attainable for you. Two books a month, maybe one book a month is more attainable for you. So I just say that to say that attainable depends on the person. And now I want to give you a completely unrelated type of goal because This is a show about sustainability and doing better for ourselves and the planet. And so, my third example for you today is a sustainability related goal. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that every year I make it my goal to learn some new skill, to slowly relearn, reteach myself those long lost sustainability and self sufficient skills that we tend to lose over the generations. So my first year doing this, I learned how to compost. I started composting. And I took the whole year to learn how to compost. It was just one thing. I added one new thing onto my life, and it was composting. One year, I got serious about gardening. One year, I learned how to make soap. One year, I taught myself how to preserve food through canning. That was a great year. I learned so much that year. This year... So 2023, my goal was to finally master sourdough and I'm happy to report I did it. By the way, can I just say, if you haven't tried sourdough yet, sourdough makes me so happy. I love slowing down the cooking process as I make it for my family. I'm making at least three sourdough things, loaves, garlic breads. For Christmas, I made chocolate buns. So it's just so great. So I'm just so happy I taught myself that skill. This year, so 2024, I guess I should say next year, my skill, my self-sufficient skill that I'm going to take a whole year to learn is I'm going to teach myself how to sew. And specifically, I don't see myself making clothes from scratch, but I really want to hone in on my mending skills. And so this is a big goal, but I have a whole year to complete it. And what I like to do to make sure I get the goal done in the year is And this, by the way, is not my only resolution. It's just a skill I want to teach myself. I break it down. So I've given myself to February, the end of February, February 28th, to acquire a second hand sewing machine. I do not want to buy a new sewing machine. I want to buy a second hand one. But here's the key. I need to find a sewing machine with a instruction manual because I'm not confident I'll know how to operate it without it. (laughs) So I've given myself two months for that. Then I've given myself, after I've acquired the sewing machine, I've given myself two more months to set up lessons with my mother, who, by the way, is an excellent sewer, so she can teach me what I need to know. And then I have four months set up to practice my skills. And there we go. Hopefully, by the end of the year, I don't envision myself being like an expert sewer by the end of the year, but... The goal is that I'm competent by December of 2024 on a sewing machine (laughs) so that I can hopefully then reteach my kids this skill so that it's not lost. So if you have a goal like that, something you want to learn, I definitely suggest you hone in on the timeliness factor. Break down the big goal into smaller chunks so that you stay accountable. Right. And of course, make sure it's attainable and realistic. Like your goal should not be to eliminate plastic from your home, let's say. I'm not sure that in 2024 that is a realistic goal. It's definitely in my home not attainable. So if you have a sustainability or self-sufficiency skill on your mind as your resolution, you can still apply the SMART goal framework to it. That's my point here. And now finally, before we take our break, I just want to say, if you are among the 38% of Americans who as of January 1st have the resolution to get your finances under control, I suggest you join us in our no spend or low spend reset. This is another thing I do every single year, my husband and I together, we Take the month of January and we try our darndest to reset our finances by not spending on unneeded, unnecessary, frivolous items. The winter season, it's not celebrated like it once was. In place of hibernating and rejuvenating and recuperating, we're inundated nowadays with maximum everything maximum alcohol, maximum lights, maximum shopping, overworking, overspending. And that, in my experience, is completely opposite of the natural tug I feel inside to go inward. Winter takes away the distractions and the buzz of life, and it offers us an opportunity to rest, to withdraw. That's why I love doing a no-spend reset. In January. January for me is about going into my home, going into myself, going within myself, taking stock of all that happened, all we spent, reflecting on 2023, resting my tired limbs, my overburdened mind, and just resetting, getting in touch with wants versus needs again, reacquainting myself with hobbies I've been neglecting showing me firsthand by abundances so that I'm grateful for what I have and I'm not necessarily looking outside to buy something to fill a hole, right? I also found in the past that no-spend months encourage me to slow down, spend quality time with my family, and over time I do believe that they retrain my brain to desire less consumerist stuff. And so later this week, I'm going to re-air an interview that I did way back in the early days of this podcast about how to do a no-spend or low-spend month, and I so hope you join us. We're going to be keeping ourselves, each other, camaraderie, accountable in our closed Facebook group. I also have a calendar to help guide your efforts, and I just want to be clear here. This is not a challenge. This is not like get yourself up and going and motivated to do something. It's actually quite the opposite. It's actually about slowing down, going internal, and allowing yourself to rest, allowing yourself to hop off the consumerist bandwagon for the month of January. So that's coming up later in the week. We're going to take our quick ad break, and then when we come back, I have six tips, maybe more, maybe seven tips for you as you seek to succeed at any New Year's resolution. So no spend challenge, yes, but Any resolution that you have on your mind, I have some research-backed thoughts on how you can make sure you succeed. I'll see you in a minute. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow, Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we're back on today's show. We're making New Year's resolutions better by applying the SMART Goals framework to them. So that hopefully, fingers crossed. We succeed. (laughs) We're on to the part in today's show where I have some research-backed tips for succeeding and your New Year's resolution. And this is a this is like tip zero, okay? It's what we just did. It's planning accurately, first of all, what your goal is and how you're going to do it. So when we apply the SMART goal framework, we are doing so much upfront work, yes, but what we're really doing is we're setting up a roadmap for success. So I would say that 80% of whether you succeed or not is in that upfront planning stage. So if you have a goal, you applied the SMART framework to it. I would say you are so well on your way to success just by doing that, okay? I would also say too here, in that planning stage when you're taking your goal and you're making it a smart goal, really hone in on the attainable part. It feels so good when you meet a goal, when you set a goal and you meet it, doesn't it? Doesn't that just, it's one of the best feelings in the world. But on the other side of that coin, It feels absolutely horrible when you set a goal and you fail. It can be so easy to fall into the trap of, you know, new year, new you, and make these really lofty goals that are, frankly, unattainable and unrealistic. Failing at a goal that's too hard may have long-term impacts on your own feelings of self-efficacy, so make sure your goal is attainable. Find the sweet spot between too easy and too hard. And so I know I already said that, but I really want to say it one more time for the people in the back so that we're all on board. Related to that is within the realistic category or the realistic part of the acronym. Make sure your goal is realistic by arming yourself with the tools you may need in order to make your journey easier. Last year, one of my many resolutions was to drink less alcohol. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that's not a smart goal, Stephanie. And so I'll be very specific about what my resolution was. My goal was, first off, do dry January, something I do every year also, Dry January, of my heart out with my husband. And then for the following 11 months of the year, just drink no more than six drinks per week, preferably four, and only on the weekends. That was the goal. Okay. Now, that smart goal, very specific, very measurable, it's attainable and realistic for me, fairly timely. But this goal did prove hard for me to track. How many drinks did I have on Saturday? Uh, I can't really remember. Am I succeeding at this goal? Am I failing? Should I just give up? Well, I'm talking about tools here. And I want to say that I downloaded a tool. I, downlo- I downloaded an app. Uh, the tool was, and an, I'm not an affiliate or anything for this app, but Reframe, if you've heard of it, if if drinking less is one of your goals for the new year, I totally suggest Reframe. First of all, I did not at the beginning want to pay for this app because I'm super cheap and I don't like to pay for apps. Uh, But let's be real. I think I paid $36 for a year of the app. And if $36 is going to help me meet my goal, if the $36 app is going to be a Worthwhile enough tool to help me drink less, then, 30, then that's $36 well spent, isn't it? I mean, oh my goodness, it was such good money spent because according to the app, as of this morning, I saved over $1,100 this year by drinking less and therefore buying less alcohol. So, my point here is there are, well, there are all types of tools, but specifically when we talk about tools, I'm thinking about apps right now. There are apps for everything these days. Losing weight, counting movement steps, tracking calories, reading books. Whatever your goal is, there may likely be an app for it. Not all apps are good. Not all apps are like Reframe, but read the reviews of the apps. Read lots and lots of reviews of the apps, especially the one and two star ones. And if you think the tool is gonna help you, if it's if you think the tool is going to make your goal more realistic, then I say arm yourself with the tool. Think about digging a hole, perhaps. You could dig the hole with your hands, but the work will be so much harder if you only use your hands than if you had armed yourself at the beginning of the digging with a shovel. So think about it that way. There's also, you know, the frame of thought in which you, when you pay for something, when you make a financial transaction, uh, you're more invested. So perhaps in my case, the $36 for the Reframe app made me more invested in succeeding at my goal. So just something to think about. All right, another tip. It should go without saying, but you really have to commit. You've got to be 100% on board. Either you're 100% in or you're 100% out. For me, Significant progress towards whatever goal I have never happens when I'm wishy-washy about embarking on it. I have to be 100% on board. I have to be so unbelievably excited to get started. And I suggest you pick a goal that you are so unbelievably excited to get started on as well. If you aren't chomping at the bit, where on earth are you going to find the motivation in June or July or August when the going gets tough? Write down your goal. Put it where you will easily find it. Put it on a sticky note in your bathroom mirror. Put it on a sticky note on the corner of your computer. Put it in your journal. Make sure you're committed to the goal on day one. Another thought for you here is to flex your grit muscle. Grit, aka resilience. I am of the mindset that grit and resilience are more important in life than raw talent. So if you slip off your goal, if you slip off your roadmap to achieve your goal, don't throw up your hands and give up and say, I'm a failure, I can never get anything right, I never succeeded anything in life, woe is me. That's not practicing grit. Setbacks are normal, life gets unpredictable at times, not everything is in our hands. And so the research says that 53% of people who are successful at achieving their New Year's resolutions worked through at least one slip. So if, or I should say when you slip, and you very likely will, do not Have an emotional approach to it. And don't let the slip impact your feelings of self-efficacy. Take instead, do your darndest instead to take a cognitive approach to the slip. Find out what went wrong. Correct it. Pick yourself back up by the bootstraps and say, oh, yep, that was a slip. (laughs) And keep on moving towards your end goal. Bite down. Keep moving forward. A resolution is a great opportunity. Setting a resolution is a great opportunity for you to, of course, work towards meeting a goal, yes, but also it's a great way for all of us to strengthen our grit muscle. Grit is so important in life. And then finally, the final tip, research says it time and time again, support is very helpful. So, so when I talk about support, I'm talking about human beings. Share your goal with family and friends. It will help you in the long run. When you say the goal out loud, it gives it life, doesn't it? Your friends and family may become motivational factors for you in reaching your goals. Perhaps they can help you if they're aware. So like if you're doing a no-spend challenge, I always suggest, and you'll hear me say it on Thursday's episode as well. If you're doing a no spend or low spend January, I really strongly suggest you tell your friends and family because if they know you're doing a no spend January, they're not gonna invite you out for drinks on Thursday night, right? And you're not gonna have the temptation to go out and join them. Perhaps they'll come over to your house and bring a bottle of wine and you can all hang out together and $0 were spent. Tell your friends and family what you're doing so that they can give you the support You need and, frankly, deserve. So that's my show for you today. I hope I gave you some concrete steps to take your resolution to the next level in 2024. On Thursday's episode, we're talking all about our no-spend, low-spend reset happening starting January 1st. Join us as a community. So back in August, we did our decluttering challenge. That was a challenge. That was work. This no-spend reset is not work. It's just letting go, surrendering, and allowing us to not only assess our spending habits, but just hop off the consumerist bandwagon for a little while so we can perhaps get serious about our finances, meet a savings goal, and retrain our brain to desire less. So I'll see you then for that. Reach out if you need me. And take care.